Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to worship. We pray for your Holy Spirit to be with us, to open up our hearts and minds to hear from you, to bring peace into our lives where we need your peace, to give us redirection where we need redirection, to fill our lives with your love where we need your love, and to remind us of the true message of Christmas, that Christmas is about you coming into our world, not because we are deserve it or are perfect, but because you love us and want us to be with you forever. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Today as part of St Stephen's Day we're focusing on growing. So we'll get to see how St Stephen himself gives us some indications of the outcome of him, how he grew and what that meant. But before we get there, let's remember that Christmas is more than a tradition. You know, there are many traditions that we have at Christmas and you probably have some. There's probably some that you get very uptight if they're not there, right? But it's also more than a season, right? A good way to think about Christmas, it's like a seed. It's a seed for the rest of our life, including life beyond death. You see, the message of Christmas, whilst comes as baby Jesus, doesn't stop there. Christmas continues to give us life. It continues to open up the future for us. It continues to give us the gifts that we need. Because the story of Jesus doesn't stop at the birth of Jesus. In fact, goes continues not just to his death on the cross, which is really the climax in a lot of ways for Jesus' life on earth, because his death and resurrection gives us the new life. And as I said yesterday, some of you will be upset because tomorrow there'll be hot cross buns in the supermarkets. Right? But that's a, a reminder that Christmas is so closely connected to Easter that we should celebrate. And in fact, I like to be cheeky enough and to, when anyone complains about that, I always point them to the real meaning of Christmas, that, it's Chris, it, that it, Christmas makes Easter possible and what that gives. But not only that, if you continue reading the New Testament, you see the gift of Christmas continues to have an impact even when Jesus goes back to heaven. And it continues to have an impact today in our lives. As you hear the stories of Christians, people have been impacted by the love and grace of God that has been revealed to us through Jesus. And so as Christians, we are called to be people who are growing, always growing. We never stop growing. Some years ago, we had a, a child, youth and family conference and this gentleman came across from the States and one of my members in my previous congregation was about 80 odd. And why are you here? And she says, I've still got more to learn. I've still got a lot to grow in. Right? And in the same congregation, I had another lady um, one day who someone was complaining, we're not doing all the traditional stuff like we used to do. And her response was, yes, we don't need to because we continue to grow in God's grace and love. There's not only the traditional stuff, but there's also new stuff that we can continue to rely on. You see, Christmas is an invitation for us to be people who are growing, to be people who are always open to be growing. Second Peter chapter 3, verses 17 to 18 reminds us of this. Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of the lawless and fall from your secure position. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now, forever and ever. Amen. 
our call as people who are loved by God is to be people who continue to grow in this grace and love, to be people who continually think about what this grace and love means for us and for all those we interact with. John Henry Newman once made a statement that if we're not growing, we're going to die. And he said something like this, growth is the only evidence of life. The encouragement for us from God is to be people who are continually growing, continually growing in this grace and love of God, continually never seeing ourselves as being just there, got it all together, know everything, or being the expert as Christians. Some years ago, a friend of mine in in ministry um, leadership said, one of the best things that we can do as Christians is to understand that we're one of Jesus' apprentices, always growing. And if you think about that, think about the story of Jesus and his disciples, them walking away, always learning from him. And because the other thing to remember and be comforted by is this, what we heard in our gospel reading, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favour with God and with man. We have this call to be people who are growing to never think we've got it, we're always there, or we're too old. Or we've got everything we need. But be people open to growing. So five things that I want to encourage you to think about in, in growth that continually may help you in growing. First of all is your attitude. Be constantly be prepared to grow and change. Be always open where God may be leading you to grow and change. Every time you open the Bible, listen to what God says to you and see, is God calling you to a different part, way of life? Are you, can you grow further in that grace? Secondly, is see life on this earth through the lens of eternal life. See life that you haven't made it yet, that this life is not the main goal, but eternal life is. And then look at life through the, that lens of eternal life. And to help you grow, of course, we want to grow in the right way is to spend every day with Jesus, to keep listening to Jesus, reflecting on his words. For some people, that means reading large slabs of scripture. For other people, it means just reflecting on a few passages each day. And to help you in all this, intentionally and willingly undertake discipleship practices. Undertake practices that connect you closer to God and closer with other people in the church, the Christian faith. Be daily in prayer. Spend time in worship regularly. Undertake Bible study frequently. Serve both in and beyond the church. Be in relationships. Grow into relationships. Spend, make time for relationships. Now, one of the dangers of Sydney is that we have this You know, the most common excuse I hear from people is, I'm too busy. We're just too busy. We've just got to be busy and we we haven't got time for that. And that means, that's an alarm bell to say, right, if I'm going to grow as a Christian, I need to be intentional to make time to build relationships with God and with others. And to give generously. And to share the gospel. Early next year, I'm going to preach a sermon series on these discipleship practices of how they help us connect with God and each other and the blessings that we receive from those. But I encourage you to think about how you can incorporate these into your life now so you can continually grow as a Christian. But most importantly, it's important for our attitude and mind to think 
Our growth as a Christian is not about getting all the intellectual stuff right. It's not about knowing everything perfectly. It's not about understanding the whole Bible perfectly. But ultimately, God is wanting us and calling us to grow in his grace. So let God's grace be see how you see yourself. Remember, you are a forgiven child of God because Jesus came at Christmas and then died on the cross and rose again. Remember that God loves you and forgives you no matter what you've done. Remember, God continues to want you to know that you're loved and forgiven. But also allow God's grace to affect how you see every other situation in your life. How you see others. And sometimes that can be difficult. And if you think it's difficult, if you're thinking about a situation at the moment, well, think of St. Stephen. Think of St. Stephen. We heard part of his story, and I invite you to go home and read the full story of St. Stephen from Acts chapter 6, 1 to Acts 8, 1. You see, Stephen was chosen as one of those who were full of wisdom and the Spirit, not because he was blessed to go and preach. That wasn't his first calling. He was actually called to go and serve widows with food. He was called to, that was his main calling. That was the main authority he was given to go and serve widows with food, people who were in need. But as he served the food, he did a few things. He performed the wonders and signs of God and he shared the good news of Jesus. Think about your life, what that may mean. Think about the callings that you have at the moment, whether you're a retired, whether you're a neighbour, whether you're a community member, whether you're involved in anything else, whether you're a business owner, whether you're a software engineer, whether you're in an administrator of any sort. Think about all those callings, whether you're a student. And think about this. God has placed you in those situations So you can experience his grace, but you can also share his grace. Think about who you might be able to experience that grace to. When something goes wrong, what might you do? Well, St. Stephen encountered a major problem. And the major problem was there were some people who were stuck on Moses, stuck on the old way of life, stuck on the legalistic approach to life with God. And that's who he encountered. And they were upset with him. They weren't the widows, they weren't the Christians, but there were some people from the Sanhedrin who had seen him and they were absolutely upset with him because he was disrupting how people understood God. You see, they wanted people to understand God that you had to understand God from the legalistic point of view, that you had to understand God from a a difficult, angry point of view. And here was St. Stephen preaching to people pointing them to Jesus and reminding them that this legalistic approach is not how God comes to us through Jesus. And because they were so legalistic, and this is often what legalistic people do, is they want to punish or ostracise or get rid of those who are preaching something different to them. But despite the effect, the threat of persecution... Stephen never gives up sharing Jesus and the good news. And now here's the twist. Here's the twist that comes with St. Stephen and show how he's grown in faith. He could have been a person to say, they think differently to me, therefore they're my enemy, and I want them to go to hell. I want them as far away from me as possible. 
But that's not what he did. If you read the last few moments of St. Stephen's life, you see this. He had so much faith in God. He was filled with God's spirit and love and grace. But he said these words on his death. Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And as I reflect on these words, I think these words are blessings to us. You probably can think of some people in your lives who are extremely difficult to forgive. And if that's the case, keep praying to God. Keep asking God to help you. Because God wants all sinners to be with him in heaven. doesn't mean all will, but he, would, he wants all. And here's St. Stephen on his deathbed who is being stoned to death because he's sharing the good news of Christmas and Easter that comes to us in Jesus. Praying for the people that have persecuted him and asking God to actually save them and forgive them. These are similar words to what Jesus prayed on the cross. And so as we live, what might this mean for us? What might this mean to grow in faith? Well, I pray your life be one of growing with Jesus. Be learning from Jesus. Be allowing Jesus' grace to affect you. Because as I think of those words that St. Stephen's prayed, I also realise and I hope that those people I have sinned against also pray those same words to God. Not because those words would save me, but knowing that God will. So may your life be one of growing with Jesus, but and for Jesus. And may you too be able to pray these words. Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Because that is the gift of Christmas, that God won't hold your sins against you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the wonderful gift of Christmas. Not only is it a time where we get to celebrate with family and friends, eat good food and share presents, but we also get to remember again your gracious love and the future you give us. Heavenly Father, we thank you for people like St. Stephen's who came into this world following you, being your disciples and sharing your good news and setting us an example of what it means to have faith in you. Not just doing signs and wonders, but also focusing on your grace and love. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you won't hold our sins against us because of Jesus. And we pray too that we can say those same words to whoever has sinned against us. And if we're not there yet in any circumstances, continue to help us, continue to walk with us and encourage us to see how we can forgive those who have sinned against us because you have forgiven us. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.